Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 630. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink. Get into it, suckers. I'm back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> pew, 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 pew! Yeah, all the pews. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Ryan. H- how's it going, man? How you doing? Um, so I scooped up a dead pigeon off my driveway this morning. Other than that, wow. super. So besides a dark omen in the morning, <laughs> solid. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's not what we're here for. No, 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 no. Because this is the official Marvel podcast where we get to talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel. Heck yeah. And there's a whole lot going on. Um, of course, stick around because a little later, our pal Angelique Rocher, who's often on the show when I'm maybe not here, uh, is going to chat with Jason Lowe about his upcoming work on Infinity Pause and The Sentry. Bum, bum, bum. Indeed. Uh, but Lorraine, you know what? It's never too early to plan for Free Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day? That's in May. That's right. You are correct. It is one of the biggest days uh, in the history of everyone's lives. And it's next year. It's going to be on May 4th, 2024. You can say... May the 4th be with you at every comic book (laughs) shop you go to. Uh, But we are rocking and rolling next year with five, five free comic book day titles, um, which is really cool because we're going to have stuff that's like leading into the big crossover event, Blood Hunt. We're going to be getting you into the post-Krakoan era of X-Men, Ultimate Universe, so much more. Um, Again, this is May 4th, 2024. A little little taste of what's to come. There's going to be the Spider-Man and the Ultimate Universe book, which will, the Spider-Man side of it, a little taste of the return of the goblin. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some some hints at what's coming up in the ultimate universe. But also, like, we're teasing that there are going to be surprises in there. I don't know what those are yet. Maybe a new hero is going to debut. I don't know. Or, Hold on to your hats. Yeah. Or a villain. Or a toothbrush. I don't know. Could be any of that. It could be any of that. Um, also coming up on Free Comic Book Day, uh... Blood Hunt slash X-Men number one, written by Jen McKay and Gail Simone, with art by Sarah Pichelli and David Marquez. It's going to be the overture to the summer's big crossover event starring the Avengers, Blood Hunt, which um, sounds like fun for me to read and not fun for them. So definitely looking forward to that. Plus, we're going to see some future for Mutant Kind as Jubilee learns that uh, you can't go home again, but... Can you go home again? I guess not. <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited for everybody to see what the X office is cooking up, the new X office. But that's, again, in May 2024. Uh, we've also got a Marvel's Voices issue coming where uh, we're going to get a brand new story starring Spider-Man India. We're going to discover the legacy of the last Black Panther. We're going to see Web Weaver. Woo! Uh, and a Spider-Gwen story plus, plus... A different kind of look at the X-Men. So a lot of fun stories in that. We got Star Wars Darth Vader number one for May the 4th as well. It's going to feature my favorite Star Wars planet, Hoth. Uh, Luke and Leia and Lando and Chewbacca are going on a dangerous rescue mission at the Echo Base. I think this is the first time we've done a Star Wars free comic book day book. So it's yeah. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for, for all of us with kiddos, uh, we have a Spidey and his amazing friends free comic book day issue, which is always a delight in my house. You know, there's, there's like reading skill things in there, activity pages, plus comic book stuff, getting, getting kids sort of acclimated with reading comics. It's delightful. Yeah. And just remember reading comic books is reading. 
And it can really help kids developmentally having pictures to help them understand it's just a picture book. It's just like a storybook. Uh, you can read it at bedtime and it's free. What is yeah. it? What does it harm you? Exactly. Give all your five-year-olds alien or predator no, comics. No, no, and... no, 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 not those ones. No, oh. the kid-friendly ones like oh. Spidey and his amazing friends. That's where we. That's where we like to to keep these. I have to take some books out of Catherine's room. I'll be probably. Back. Yeah, uh, I'll do that later. But let's also talk about a uh, an announcement we just got recently for a new Spider-Punk series, which is Ooh. delightful. Our pal Cody Ziegler is writing it uh, again with art by Justin Mason. Again, they're teaming back up as they were the creative team for the Spider-Punk series. And now we've got a new one launching February 2024. Um, if you saw that, they, they like took on Norman Osborn. And so in this new one, uh, there's a world without Norman Osborn and Spider-Punk reigns. But uh, Justin Hammer and Dr. Otto Octavius have other plans, like introducing the world to the Spider-Slaying Sentinels. Slay. Slay. <laughs> Here to tell us more about this run and whether we can expect a new Spider-Punk playlist is writer Cody Ziegler. Justin and I have been talking about how much we've loved the Spider-Punk world since, I mean, honestly, since we first started the, for writing the first volume. And when, you know, Spider-Verse came out, the sequel came out, and people, like, lost their minds over Hobie. And so, like, it just sort of, like, exploded overnight where people, like, loved, like, Hobie and they wanted to read more Spider-Punk and, like, Battle of the Bands. You know, the, the trade paperbacks just, like, sold out everywhere it was crazy so like me and Jess were like hey this seems like the perfect excuse for us to like bully marvel into like letting us do another like tour with these guys basically so like we um instantly started emailing and texting danny kazam our editor from the first one and we're like hey danny we got a bunch of fun ideas it'll be really cool to like you know springboard off this like popularity of, of spider-punk and let us do like another round and he was like yes of course and then like literally a week later me and justin were like outlining and sending pictures to references to one another it was uh it was like i truly have been wanting to do this for so long like i love hobie i love miles and like for the first spider punk i made a playlist of basically like a lot of songs i listened to growing up like i definitely envisioned myself as like you know i, I played in punk bands i was listening to punk music and stuff as a as a kid so like, i put a lot of music that i listened to with some like newer stuff that i had sort of gone into and sort of like getting the headspace and like after it was done i was like just talking to danny it's like hey what if, I, I did all this work for like and it's like can i just like get people can listen to it like a supplemental material like it seems like it'd be a a fun i don't know like little bonus for like listeners to like listen to and then you know when spider-verse came out it went from like you know two hundred like likes to like ninety thousand or something crazy. So people seem to really enjoy it. So um, I I you know I made uh, an another volume two for my own personal self that I also gave to Justin and Danny to like sort of get the vibe. And like once the book actually comes out, that also too will be removed from private so people can enjoy that as well. Um, it's a mix of some stuff that I listened to earlier, like when I was like younger, but also this one has I think has more. Um, Definitely, I think, more contemporary bands on it. Uh, and also, there's definitely a bigger focus that, you know, without spoiling it, like, there's there's definitely more um, black and queer and women-fronted punk bands on this. That's what it plays into the narrative of the actual story. So I'm just excited for people to, like, I honestly am just excited for people that have never listened to that much punk to, like, discover a bunch of awesome new bands and hopefully begin their own, like, little little experience or little journey into to, um, punk music. I am pumped. Yes. Spider-Punk returns this February. To learn more, head to marvel.com. But right now, let's tell you about what's happening this week in Marvel Move. Of course, it is the wonderful audio storytelling and fitness experience. We've got a new story this week, Captain America Turkey Trot. It's a one-shot episode starring, you guessed it, 
Captain America. Uh, Dressed as a turkey? No. Uh, This is a Thanksgiving themed episode as Captain America gets caught up in in a whole bunch of chaos, has to stop some crime that's happening during the massive Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. And you help Cap as he chases after Batroc Zilliper. And we work in some fun appearances of Ziggy Pig and Silly Seal, as well as Jeff the Landshark, which makes me so happy. It's a real delight. It's like I Batroc is being a real goofball in this one in the Love best it. way possible. You got it for the turkey trot. I know. We also have Thor and Loki Trials of the Ten Realms episode 14, Trickery and Subterfuge, as you and the Asgardian bros go sneaky sneaky into the heart of Jotunheim. There's magic and mischief and and it's a good time. Good episode. Of course, Marvel Move is only available within the ZRX app. Search for Marvel Move or ZRX on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store or go to zrx.app slash marvel for more info. And Lorraine, <gasps> right now, you can get 25% off a subscription for yourself or as a gift for someone for a limited time through that website. Again, that's zrx.app slash marvel. Hey, um, you know, if you are doing some maybe Black Friday shopping, uh, maybe some Cyber Monday, maybe you should go over and check out another great deal. There's one right now for Marvel Unlimited. It's going on right now through December 4th. Uh, and you can get your first year of an annual membership for just $50. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sign up at marvel.com slash unlimited and use the code cyber. That's C-Y-B-E-R-23, as in the numbers. Again, that is C-Y-B-E-R-23 for a sweet deal that gives you access to over 30,000 comics, including new Infinity Comics, dang near every day, uh, recent releases and classics from the archives. It's wild. Honestly, you can give yourself a full Marvel education. Yeah. Um, Go get your Marvel Master degree with Marvel Unlimited. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lorraine. Do you know what's going on on Women in Marvel podcast this week? I sure do. It's the season finale. It's out right now. Um, And it's all about Echo, a.k.a. Maya Lopez. Our good friends Ellie Pyle and Preeti Chibber are talking to Sydney Freeland, director of the upcoming Marvel Studios Echo series coming to Disney+. Plus. I know you guys just saw a little teaser of that out in the world, and maybe you want to get a closer look. Uh, They also talked to comics writers, Rebecca Rowanhorse and Melissa Flores about writing Maya's story in the comics, both in print and in the digital Infinity comics. And of course, you can listen to that episode wherever you're listening to this right now. It's where podcasts live. Uh, And make sure you also listen to the rest of the season because the whole dang season is out right now. Uh, And you can learn about a dozen of your favorite women of Marvel. And of course, please rate and review the Women of Marvel podcast on Apple Podcasts if you are listening because it helps other people find the show and we love our women of marvel uh show some love give some support it's the season of giving Ooh, you know we just had the recent wrap-up of marvel studios loki season two all episodes streaming right now on disney plus but now right now out on disney plus is assembled the making of loki season two there are a bunch of candid interviews with creative minds behind the show, exclusive onset footage, and you get to learn how the talented team that powered Loki Season 2 raised the stakes for this latest MCU adventure. Um, you get to see all the amazing costumes, elaborate environments, far-out variants come to life, and you get to meet new allies and foes, time slip across the multiverse in Assembled, the making of Loki Season 2, now streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. All right. Next up, we got the heat. 
it's on in Hell's Kitchen. It's toasty, uh, and it's spinning out of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Marvel Comics' new gang war crossover event is coming next month. And here to talk about Daredevil's involvement is writer Erica Schultz. Hello, Erica. Um, so last time you joined us on TWIM, you, you, you were sly. You hinted a little bit about uh, your upcoming gang war series for Daredevil. Uh, but for those who might have missed our announcements or the hoopla and all that stuff, we're getting ready for it. What can you tell us about this book? So basically, all of the uh, gang lords from all over the five boroughs are uh, pretty much vying for who's going to be king or queen of the hill. And um, with the anti-vigilante law still in place, even though Luke Cage is the mayor, um, Peter is uh, putting together, Peter Parker is putting together a group of heroes to take a section. And of course, uh, Electra Daredevil will be taking Hell's Kitchen to, uh, to kick some ass, kick some butt. No, ass, all the ass. She's <laughs> kicking all the ass. Um, what, uh, how does this, how does this specifically fit into that, the larger gang war narrative, you know, where, like you say, she's in Hell's Kitchen, but do we have a specific, um, you know, antagonist for her that she's going up against that we can talk about? She has two different, uh, two different evil doers coming from different sides. Um, one is a gang called The Heat that Saladin Ahmed and Aaron Cooter are seeding in the current Daredevil with, uh, Matt. And then there is this new assassin who is kind of a chaos agent. Uh, her entire being is to basically try and throw Electra off her scent and to basically fault, make Electra falter. Because if you were reading the previous run of Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky and uh, Marco Cicetto, um, Electra made a promise to Matt that she would never kill. And this assassin is really going to test that promise. Oh, I, I like that. I mean, she's been through a lot. She's, um, you know, all the stuff with Matt, all the stuff with the fist and, and, and that kind of stuff. I, I feel like she's in a, in a very interesting place for you to pick her up here. Yeah, she is. I mean, she and Matt were the king and queen of the fist. Matt defeated the beast in hell. And when Matt came back, he had amnesia. So she's sort of on her own now. And having made this new promise and having sort of, you know, I mean, Electra has been reborn metaphysically and physically and literally and figuratively so many times <laughs> um, that she, um, she really is sort of finding herself again. Um, she wants to keep the promise to Matt and she wants to keep the promise to herself. But unfortunately, evil is going to push buttons and uh, push her in some directions she might not like. Evil going to evil. That's the way it goes. Evil going to evil, yeah. Um, well, all right. Finally, what are you most excited to explore, for fans to find out, to, to experience in this book? Um, I'm really excited about exploring Electra. Um, I think that she is a fascinating character. Um, I think that she's never been the sort of shrinking violet. And I love that about her. Um, and I, and I think that she is just hell of a strong character just in general. And I'm really excited to be able to sort of add to the lore. And I have to say that working with Sergio de Villa and Sean Parsons and Cece Dela Cruz, the pages that are coming in are just 
mind blowing. Like they really, this is like top, top notch art. And I always joke, if you hate the writing, just look at the pretty pictures, <laughs> you know? Um, but really is beautiful, beautiful work that they're doing. Um, and again, they're just, we're just trying to push the boundaries a bit and, uh, and hopefully set up Electra for, for a new normal. I like that. I, I got to ask, you mentioned uh, Sergio and beautiful art and stuff. How's Electra's hair? What's it looking like? Is it like Marco did this big, amazing, beautiful, curly hair that took up half the page and we, we love it. We love to see it. What's she looking, what's, what's she looking we, like here? We are having the dark Phoenix giant yeah. hair. Yes. The hair where you're like, how, how does it humanly <laughs> fit underneath that daredevil helmet? It I doesn't know. matter. It's gorgeous. Yes. It is gorgeous and it is flowing and it mm. is just like, it's almost like, I think that I think the way that Marco had drawn her and the way that that Sergio is drawing her and I believe Aaron as well is this idea of like she's almost like Medusa with this hair. You know, like you want the hair to be, you know, tendrils that can, you know, prehensile tendrils kind of thing. Curly hair don't care. We love to see it. We are very excited about Daredevil Gang War. Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds like it's going to be warm. Daredevil Gang War number one is out December 13th. To learn more, head over to marvel.com or go pick it up in your local comic shop. Yeah. And actually, um, the there's three Gang War issues coming out next week. The the like the kickoff um, Spider-Man issue and a couple more. And there's even some Gang War action that happens in this week's comics. But let's get into our picks of the week. My picks of the week. Um, Lorraine, I know you are a busy, busy woman with a tiny, tiny human to take care of. Tinier than mine. So I will I will I will take a stab at these picks of the week, starting with Carnage number one, which is Ferocious, is written by our friend Torin Grunbeck with art by Pere Perez. So beautiful, so disgusting and gruesome and nasty and vicious and violent. Just warm you up for the holidays. Just what you want in a Carnage comic, though. I mean, literally, yeah, it it truly is. It's bringing Carnage sort of back, doing some new things with it, but getting getting right down to it. Um, It it's a great issue. It, that's all. That's all I can say about it. It's a great issue, um, but also we've got Incredible Hulk number six is one of my picks of the week. This is the first part of the Spirits of Vengeance arc, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. Gorgeous art by Nick Klein and Matthew Wilson, and it introduces. I think it's an introduction. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the introduction of a new, old Ghost Rider. A Ghost Rider kind of like World War II era. Um, very cool look. The there's this like sequence within the issue of Bruce Banner transforming into Hulk, and it is so gnarly. It is really good. If you like gruesome body horror stuff and nasty baddies and big, big thumping Hulk, it's a good book for you. And then my third pick is Wolverine number thirty-nine, written by Benjamin Percy, art by uh, Juan Jose Reap, and colors by Frank Darmada. This one has Wolverine going to Wakanda and and dealing with some some bad guys who are trying to steal some stuff. There's a guy who eats a gun, and I was like, <laughs> "Whoa, that's gnarly!" But you get a team up between um, Logan and T'Challa, and it's a really cool sequence. Um, Logan is like basically almost gets punched in the face by being like, "You messed up with Storm twice, bro." And Chala's like, and it's like too too close to the bone. Yeah, it's it's really it's a wonderful issue. Um, it gives you a little sense of what's going on in Black Panther's world if you're not reading that book. Uh, really excellent stuff. 
Uh, great choices all around. And now I know what to read first when I finally catch up with my stack this week. <laughs> but uh, we have even more goodness for you folks. We are joined by Jason Lowe as he talks with our pal Anjali Grochet about the new Century series he's writing coming up in just a moment. Hey, you're listening to This Week in Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos. And I'm Lorraine Sink. Woo! As we mentioned before the break, Angelique is about to join us to interview Jason Lowe, a just ding-dang delight of a human being. He's also the writer-artist of many comics, including a ton of Infinity comics, such as Lucky the Pizza Dog, Marvel Meow and Pizza Dog, X-Men Unlimited, Great Arc with uh, Strong Guy and Madrox, and, and so much more. But enough from me. Take it away, Angelique. Thanks, Ryan. I'm Angelique Rocher, and I am totally geeked because I'm joined by writer and artist, incredibly dope human being, Jason Lowe. Jason, we've talked before, but for the folks who may not know about this, you know, tell us about your Marvel origin story. Yeah, I guess like my earliest memories of, well, I guess visiting the comic book spinners at a, my local convenience store and and picking up New Mutants issue number 54 because, because Cannonball looked like a, a G.I. Joe character to me and I was a big G.I. Joe fan when I was four and that was my gateway into <laughs> Marvel Comics, and it, it was my first exposure to the the Hellfire Club, and a very saucy looking Celine and Tessa. You know, at the age of four, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then fo- followed that was the X Men trading cards, the X Men cartoons, and then that whole X Men synergy of of the the action figures and the arcade game. So all, all that like made me a big X-Men fan. Oh, all right. So now this is what you do for a living. When do you decide one that, all right, I love comics. I love these characters. I want to make my own characters. I want to use this medium of comics to tell my stories. Well, that, that came when I was like 13 years old, I think. A friend of mine, he went to art school and he was telling me that he made his own mini comic and he was selling them for 50 cents to his classmates in the cafeteria. I was like, that's pretty neat that you made your own book. And he, he showed me the craft on how to make it. And that's when I decided to do my own thing in my own school and do the same thing. And then eventually I became friends with like-minded people where we fed off that that same passion of storytelling, but I became even more so passionate to keep that going through college and then even after college. But I love that because you've continued to step up and you continue to work on really cool projects. Obviously, you mentioned Infinity Pause. Uh huh. It's it's so amazing. <laughs> you, you know, I can't believe like how it started was like. I think it was like late 2021 and editor Caitlin O'Connell, she asked me if I'd be interested in doing a Lucky the Pizza Dog Infinity comic. And then from there it became, hey, would you want to do a a Marvel Meow and Lucky the Pizza Dog? 
and then a Cosmo, the space dog. So I'm, I'm, I'm creating this little niche of, of like telling these Marvel pet stories. (laughs) (laughs) These are very important, Jason Lowe. These are very important. Yes. Especially knowing there, there's a big fan base for it, especially Jeff the Land Shark, which is huge. I'm very honored to play with all these characters, especially Jeff the Land Shark for the first time. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh man, and it's it's one of those things where this whole idea of anthropomorphic superheroes, right? This whole idea of the tippy toe, of the lockjaw, of the cosmo. Uh, of Lucky the Pizza Dog, because come on. I mean, even when you talk about Flurkins, right? They're, mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so, you know, as you've kind of jumped into Infinity Paws, you've obviously had a great reception. When you are now presented, you know, here is, here is, here is Earth's mighty Pawvengers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you, like, how do you, figure out what direction you go in at that point um well you know it it was really funny that when caitlin o'connell proposed this idea for me to to write this new series i was about to prepare for my trip to turkey and if you don't know much about turkey like turkey is filled with lots of street cats lots of street dogs so, like they they get a lot of communal support from all the local businesses and neighborhoods over there. So I, I went on this vacation, like lying on the beach, and I'm surrounded by all these neighborhood cats and dogs around me. <laughs> so like inspiration was everywhere what? for me, which was amazing. It was just such great timing. Beach dogs just chilling on the same beach chair as me, like just making themselves very comfortable right next to me every morning. Jason Lowe, lover of animals. Oh, I, I, how can you not? Like they, they're so adorable. Oh, like <laughs> because you uh, because you have a very special paw friend yourself. I do, I do, and and he is the inspiration of uh, Cole, who made an appearance in Marvel Meow and Pizza Dog as Ghost Rider's cat. <laughs> and you're going to see a lot of him, especially his his new transformation. I, I did a, a little sketch for uh, Neo Fuji, and yeah, our, our illustrator's going to take it from there, and I can't wait to see what they'll come up with in the series. I love it. So you're going to be coming in, and you're going to be doing a brand new series. Mm-hmm. The Century. Mm-hmm. You know, for those who may not be as familiar with The Century, although The Century has been, it's doing some things. It's been some teams, has fought some stuff, has been very arrogant and ticked some people off, has become people's friends. The Century's done some stuff. You know, for you, um, do you mind sharing a little bit of the background of the story of who Century is and why he's important? So Sentry is Marvel's forgotten and most powerful superhero in the Marvel universe. He 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 did this amazing thing defeating the most evil force in, in the universe which was the Void, right? But in order for him to 
keep that a victory. Like he had to make everyone forget about his own existence. And then eventually he makes his his return. And like Century is this guy that has the power of a million exploding suns. And when he eventually regains those powers, then he's fighting along with the Avengers. You know, he becomes Earth's most powerful character ever. And that can be a good thing, but that can also be a bad thing because he's solved a lot of problems as much as he's created them as well. He's a very chaotic, unhinged character. You know, leading up to my series, like, what we know is, I mean, okay, like, aside from, like, being part of all these major events, like Road War Hulk, Siege, Secret Invasion, and all that stuff, leading up to King in Black, where he meets his demise against Null, we see that his, um, his powers gets possessed by a hundred million insane ghosts in the Strange books, where, where Doctor Strange and Clea are fighting the, the evil spirits of, of Sentry. And then once that's also resolved, like we see his spirit being guided by um, the Valkyries. And then leading up to my series, what happens is we find a bunch of century-level catastrophes happening all around the world. And they're all linked to random strangers. And it's up to Jessica Jones and Misty Knight to solve this problem and figure out what's going on before more catastrophes happen around the world. Wow. (laughs) And I love this because... it's it's so typical of a Marvel story where it's like, oh, you thought it was the end. That's nice. Welcome back. So we know that before we hit this, we've had a lot of interactions with um, Doctor Strange, with Clea. You know, now you're bringing in my girl, Misty Knight. Thank you. Um, so you're bringing in, you know, two of Marvel's best detectives, right? And these are detectives that have butted heads in the past. So it's going to be interesting to see them work together to to solve this very serious issue that deals with the century-level threats. You know, from reading this issue and just talking with you, it seems very clear that you're playing with this idea of the everyman. What is your goal with bringing in new characters that you created, like Mallory Gibbs and Fahad Anad and Ryan Topper? What are you hoping to explore in this series? I want like new readers to to really connect with these characters, like because a lot of these characters that I've created are ones that we haven't seen before. But these are people that are everyday walks of life, like especially if you live in a, in an urban city, like. They are your neighbor. They are the person that you uh, see at the store. One of them is a department store clerk. Her name is Rosalinda. One of them is a, a street magician. And um, I like a challenge of getting really deep into these characters and making them like very believable. 
that like when, when you read them, like you can really connect with them, even if, if you might not identify with them, but you can be like, I know a person like that. That reminds me of a friend of mine, or that reminds me of my aunt or uncle, or that reminds me of my classmate or my coworker. And that's what these random strangers would resemble. Like, I, I hope that people can kind of see themselves in this more so than than we have in, in previous Marvel comics. Put this on your pull list. Subscribe to it. Make sure you're watching out for it. Century number one by Jason Lowe coming out. I'm excited. And issue number one will have a Peach Momoku variant cover, which I'm so excited about because when your comic is graced with a Peach Momoko variant, that's like a baptism. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And also, yes. You just listened to Jason Lode. Of course, go check out Century Number 1 when it releases next Wednesday, December 6th. And of course, stay tuned for more info about Infinity Paws. Um, all right. Let's dive into our community section, a.k.a. This Week in Messages. Yeah. All right. So our guest next week is creative lead senior design manager at Lego, Jesper Nielsen. And he's coming to chat with us about the new Lego Marvel Avengers Tower set, which is so cool. We have lots of really neat behind the scenes stuff. I don't think we've ever had a chat with someone from Lego here on the show. So stay tuned for that next week. With that in mind, though... Fun question of the week is, what are your favorite Marvel Lego sets or minifigs? Oh, man, that's I such know. a good question. There's, I mean, there's so many good ones. I really love the big Groot that they did, I mm. think, like last year. It won a bunch of awards because it was just so great. Um, it's great if you have kiddos, but also it's like looks like a really nice statue of Groot. It's really, really cool. Um, but there are just so many. Um, also... As always, I got to shout out Marvel HQ. Um, go check out Lego Marvel Super Heroes Code Red over uh, the shorts over on Marvel HQ. They're so cool. Yeah. Uh, I would go with the um, the Hulk Lab Smash set, which has, uh, has Taskmaster and Hulk and has a Falcon, a Thor. But most importantly, it has a MODOK. It has a MODOK. Um, most most importantly, most um, importantly, also of course uh, a write in from Jasmine for the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> yeah, uh, just so many good options out there, and so we want to hear from you. What are your favorite Marvel Lego sets or minifigs? Now you can send your answers in a number of ways, but the best the best way to do it is to send an email to us at twim podcast at marvel.com you can also send a message to our facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in marvel but email is the easiest we know we're gonna get it please make sure in your email in your message wherever you send it tell us it is okay to read twim on the show so we can read it on the show yeah um and in fact let's do that so last week's question of the week was what were your favorite parts of marvel studios the marvels uh so let's get into it we will try to avoid any Two spicy spoilers in case you want to still see the film in theaters if you haven't got to or if you're going to um, need to see it 15 more times. Support it. <laughs> First up, we've got Rachel Ingersoll who said, one of my favorite parts of the Marvels was the early battle scenes where Carol, Monica, and Kamala switch places when using their powers. Seeing their badass fighting continue despite the confusion was so fun. Also, Fleur Kittens. Yeah. Oh, agreed. 
Mountain Meg says, can my answer be everything? Carol, Monica, and Kamala's relationship. Fleur Kittens, Singing Planet, Swap Action Scenes, Every Moment on the Hoopty. Kamala and Kate <laughs> loved it all. The best. All right, we got an email here from Heather, Derek, Fiona, and Nolan, uh, a family of fans. Hello! Because of the holiday, we saw the Marvels on Friday afternoon, and it was amazing. Dad's favorite part was Carol using comics accurate snark while interacting with Fury. Nolan's favorite part was the Fleur Kitties. Fiona's favorite part was the solution of the escape pod problems and how it involved the Fleur Kittens. Mom's favorite part is seeing herself and so many other Marvel fans reflected in Kamala. And goes on to say, Carol for me represents strength in our humanity and vulnerability. This iteration continues in that vein. Chef's kiss. Thank you to the Marvel team for continuing to make Marvel our universe. Aww. Aww. Thanks, fam. We always appreciate hearing from you. And that is a wrap. This episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Jasmine Estrada, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi again, Brad. <laughs> Emily Godfrey is our production manager. And special thanks to... Oh, I ha- this used to be something I did. Yes! <laughs> you would always come up with something <laughs> wacky and wonderful. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe.